Welcome to Marvel Vision, a podcast about Marvel, the MCU, and right now, a couple of news updates. I'm Alex. News updates. I'm Justin. And if you got tips or stories you want us to cover, feel free to email us at comicbookclublive at gmail.com or hit us uh, up socially at Marvel Vision Pod on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. But let's jump into it and talk a lot about the writer's strike that is still going on. We are on the cusp by next month of a potential Screen Actors Guild strike. And now, yep. looking even more likely after some shenanigans from Max and Warner Brothers Discovery, potentially a Director's Guild strike as well. Rare triple strike the trifecta triple strike triple strike but this is continuing to affect marvel productions the newest ones that we've heard about are that both thunderbolts which was getting ready to film next month and wonder man which was currently filming in los angeles have now both been halted by the writer's strike they are not happening a couple of other little updates captain america 4 is still in production and still filming and perhaps most worrisome to me i would say deadpool 3 just started filming in london even though the writer's strike means they can't write or change anything while they're doing it yeah there were a lot of posts when that was um sort of out in the news that it was like well he can't change any single line. Ryan Reynolds cannot improvise a single bit in the performance. And I would be worried about that as a Deadpool fan. So it is, unless, I mean, maybe these movies are being smart and they're filming action sequences or mm -hmm. whatever, like ancillary things that aren't like the fun scenes that we need talent to be at top of the tier, top tier for. Because like, I think SAG, Screen Actors Guild will strike the 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 strike authorization order which goes out to all sag members i'm a sag member i signed it voted yes for strike the amount of sag members we're going to vote yes is going to be high the mm -hmm. writers guild it was like 97.5 i think SAG's going to be in that ballpark and to your point the to mention what you sort of set up max posted their credits when it became went from hbo max to max um got rid of directed by credits and mm -hmm. creators as if everyone is like working together uh, in the same role as if to make a TikTok in uh, the feature films that we've uh, loved for years. Uh, and the problem, there are two problems with that. A, it sucks, uh, it's bad for people, but it, like that's a, that's a legally binding, the union is, it's a mandated credit. So you mm -hmm. can't, you literally can't say that Martin Scorsese didn't direct the movies that he directed. You have to say credit him as and directed. to mention more about this news story, Max. Then after the WGA and DGA got together and released a very strong statement about we're not having this, which I know I set this up a little bit before, but the DGA was kind of sitting by the side. Like the impression was yeah. like, uh, are they going to strike? Are they not going to strike? I don't know. Well, and because the DGA is in negotiations right now with the studios, and so right. they are, and apparently the studios, this is all a little bit rumor milly, um, they have been offering more residuals, things that the Directors Guild wants. Directors Guild, much, much smaller than the other two guilds, SAG being the largest. So like they're easier to sort of appease is the tradition. Mm -hmm. And they often do make a deal while the WGA and SAG, and WGA mostly strikes uh, more often. So yeah, what happened here is they released a very strong statement about it, and then immediately Warner Brothers was like, "Oh, that was that was a technical error. That was just a little technical error in the changeover from HBO Max to Max, which literally nobody believes. Nobody believes yeah, that that was no. not a technical error. That was not like a little oopsie that happened. That was a calculated choice that they made, and they went horribly wrong. So that all said, the other thing that to get back to the marvel of it all, I know we're talking talking strikes now, but the Deadpool 3 thing is also wild to me because 
Ryan Reynolds was introduced as Deadpool in X-Men Origins Wolverine, one of the movies that was most famously impacted horribly by the writer's strike to the point that Ryan Reynolds has talked about it, where he's like, I don't know what I was doing. I don't know what was going on. This was a terrible experience. This is how Deadpool ends up with his mouth sewed shut at the end of the movie. And this is why he did the Deadpool movies to begin with. This is why he like lobbied so hard to do them. So to potentially bookend that experience, which is another thing that could end up being entire garbage because he can't actually tweak it in the way that he needs to take it. That's a real bummer. But to your point, it may just be them banking the big sequences over the next month in advance of the strike. So at least they have something that has been filmed when everything shuts down. Yeah, to be clear, once SAG strikes, everything shuts down. You you need actors to do anything. The directors could like... just, they can get a lot, like a lot of landscapes or something. Yeah, <laughs> yeah true. And I love a superhero movie that focuses on mm-hmm. the landscapes. I mean, that's what Eternals was, wasn't it? Pretty much, pretty yeah. much. Good bird. The... To be clear, we've said this a couple of times on previous podcasts, but 100% standing with the writers of the WJA here. Frankly, even though we're Marvel fans, I am glad that Thunderbolts and Wonder Man are shutting down. That's good stuff. The other ones, which I didn't even realize were necessarily in the writing stage, but in an interview with Phil Lord and Chris Miller, I think in THR maybe, they very briefly talked about the live-action spinoffs of Spider-Verse. Spider-Man Noir and Silk are both supposed to be live-action shows that are currently being developed over at Amazon. The writer's rooms for both of those have been shut down as well. So, hmm. good. There you go. Good. Let's move on. Got to do it. Let's move on to something else. This is Florence Pugh in an interview. Pew Pew in an interview with Time Magazine <laughs> says that the indie film community was very pissed when she joined Marvel, the full quote is, so many people in the indie film world were really pissed off at me. They were like, great, now she's gone forever. And I'm like, no, I'm working as hard as I used to work. I've always done back-to-back movies. It's just people are watching them now. You just have to be a bit more organized with your schedule. True. Uh, yes. I mean, I get it. I feel It's like we don't have selling out really anymore because I think as a culture, everyone's like, no, selling out is the whole point. Uh, back in the 90s, it was selling out was bad, mm-hmm. especially in the music industry. But I think this is this is the modern version of that. They were like, well, we lost her. She's in it for the big wins and the money now. But I think as an actor, it's very easy to do one for them, one for me. Mm-hmm. That model is like what I think everybody, what I want to see in all of my favorite actors. Do a big movie that we get to see you do all this crazy stuff, even if it's not maybe as good as you want it to be. And then do a movie that's great and personal and intimate and more on the indie side. Well, I think that was always the idea, right? Like, that's what they had talked about when everybody signed up for Marvel, that they were great, we're going to get all this money and be able to do it. Taking an even further step back, I think about the story all the time where George Clooney, after he did Batman and Robin, he talked to his... Oh my God, not tax attorney, whatever it is. Accountant. Accountant. He talked to his accountant and was like okay, how am I doing here? And the accountant was like, well, if you never want to work again for the rest of your life, we could make that happen. And then George Clooney says, great, now I can do what I want to do. That's good. And obviously he's made a lot more money. He's made big movies, et cetera, but he's definitely been doing what he's doing. I think what people are responding to here with Florence Pugh is the first generation of Marvel actors did kind of get lost in this. Like Robert Downey Mm -hmm. Jr., 
right now, like over a decade later, I think is finally working himself back to a place where he's doing an HBO show. He's been producing things for a while. So he is getting back on the ground and doing the things that he quote unquote want to do. Like he's, but it took a decade of him doing it for them, for him to do it for him. And yeah. Mark Ruffalo, I think, has seen the same sort of thing. Scarlett Johansson, maybe a little less so. I think she's been more smart, smarter about it, but also she's leaded to a lot of bigger action movies and that whole idea at the same time. So I think that's what people are scared about. But this next generation of Marvel actors, at least at the current time, they're doing one thing. You know, they're yeah. not signing up for 14 Avengers movies. Maybe they are, but clearly it's being spaced out in a different way. So they have time to do these other things. Yeah, I think it was a little bit of a unique situation, the Robert Downey Jr. of it all, because he was in everything all the time. And it, it just, the Marvel, the whole thing was him. You know, he was in the first, his tone and way of talking sort of became the Marvel method going forward. So, like, it makes sense that he was literally consumed by it. But to Florence's point, like, if you want to work harder or work more, there's space there. You can carve mm -hmm. out... You know, to make an indie movie, like smaller budget, say it's like, you know, a 13 day shoot, you can carve that out of in between your your larger Marvel projects. It's just a lot of people are like, I'm going to take those 13 days plus whatever pre-production there is, and I'm going to go on vacation <laughs> rather than <laughs> jump right into something else. Yeah, which is okay too. go on vacation. Definitely. I'd love to go on vacation. That sounds yeah. nice. Here's something that is not taking vacation is Venom 3 is also planning on filming next month despite the impending strikes. And they've just locked down a cinematographer. Now, the headline for nerds like us is it's the cinematographer from Justice League as well as Zack Snyder's Justice League, both versions. But I will mention this is a guy who also did the Battle of the Bastards episode on Game of Thrones. He directed like The Crown, Sherlock, House of the Dragon, and again, filming begins next month. I feel like this guy is wildly overqualified for Venom 3. What do you think, Justin? <laughs> I mean, it's with a cinematographer, like, you know, you'd always just work at the, the project you're on. So if they're like, yeah, we just need to light this bodega, and uh, then uh, Tom Hardy's going to talk to himself for the whole rest of the day. It's like, I, yeah, you can do that. You can make that look amazing. Yeah. It's yeah, I guess so. It's just when I heard the Justice League thing, I was like, oh, all right, that makes sense. And then I looked at the rest of the credits and was like, why is this guy doing this? Oh, my God, money, I guess. Well, and like at the end of the day, it's sort of you do so, just like what we talked about with Florence Pugh. You do some of like, oh, I want to make this look a particular way and sort of a more creative execution of it. And then some you're like. Just need to make this look like a superhero movie? No problem, Bob. <laughs> and just to mention, Florence Pugh, amazing cinematographer. Really, well, really beautiful, beautiful cinematography yeah. she's done. One she only uses her cell phone camera. She does. It's really... Have you seen these new iPhones? These new yeah. iPhones, they're so powerful with the camera. It's a whole film crew right in the palm of your hand. Oh. <laughs> Sorry. By the way, Fuck uh, me for this, this week's episode is sponsored by Apple. Apple, the best yeah. company that's ever existed. Please check out iPhones. Florence Pugh filmed that whole Chris Pine spitting incident. It's beautiful. Oh, my God. Gorgeous. She was in it, but she took her iPhone she threw it on a boomerang. Well, she, no, she set up all the cameras ahead of time. She had oh, a little cool. edge light. Really Have you seen her prank show, by the way? Oh, it's really P fun. Pew's a lot clues, of Pew's clues. Yeah. <laughs> Pew's clues. And there's a lesson at the end of every one, which I love. It's really it's weird that it's mostly spitting pranks, though. Like it's <laughs> we, get it. we get it. We get it, Florence. 
Last but not least, Elizabeth Olsen has been a press tour for a bunch of different things, but mostly her Max show. I guess we're calling them Max shows now. Love yep. and Death. And she was, taught, of course, asked about Multiverse of Madness. Now, this is following up on several things that she said previously about, like, talking to the writers and the writers hadn't ever seen WandaVision and didn't know what was going on with WandaVision. And she's like, we're doing the same arc again. That's what you want me to do? All right, I'll find different ways of doing it. So she already talked about this. And this latest one, she straight up said that at a certain point, she just stopped reading drafts of Multiverse of Madness because she knew they were going to change eventually. So she didn't want to waste mm. her time. Yeah. I mean, it's a multi-scripts of madness, it sounds mm -hmm. like, uh, as each one went forward. I will say it is concerning how these stories keep coming out of like all the actors not knowing anything about the project. <laughs> Being like, yeah, I just showed up and they had me um, shout a couple names uh, upstage and then that was the end of the day. It's like, okay. Yeah, it's not acting is the problem. Like, it feels yeah. like... Not to get too big about it, but this ties into the whole discussion to wrap it back up to the strike. What we're talking about, that writers, this isn't the only thing, but writers are very heavily anti-AI or what we're calling AI in terms of replacing them. And the studios are like, no, just use it as a tool. And we all know that's not where it's going to end. The Screen Actors Guild seems to be tied up in that as well, because AI and CGI deepfakes yeah. are... The studios are like, no, we could just use it as a tool. We just scan you once and then you could do anything. And we've been on this road for a very long time, mind you, at the very least since, like, I remember reading with the Phantom Menace where they talked about, oh, Jake Lloyd was looking in the wrong direction, so we just took his head off and used a different shot so he was facing the right direction. And that's a certain level of camera trickery, but it's also changing the performance of people to just use them as sort of acting robots. So this, this is what we're doing here, and I think this lack of focus on the script this lack of focus on the necessariness of actors crafting an arc over the course of a project it leads to a lesser project like multiverse of madness that was a huge mess i know some people like the movie and i'm not trying to deride that in any way but from my opinion the movie was a mess it gets worse on it every reviewing and i've seen it 50 times at this point Wow. <laughs> yeah. I have questions. Just to, for you. just to check. Just to like, I got to keep checking. Even the actors stop reading the script after a while, Alex. <laughs> what are you doing? I don't know. You think it's going to change? Uh, I mean, maybe it's a multiverse of badness. So maybe it'll yeah, be a different version every time I watch it. Um, I mean, I do like that as an idea. Yeah. The other thing that changed, and this had been heavily rumored, that Daniel Craig, who was going to be in the movie as Balder the Brave, he has not denied it, but said, I don't know what you're talking about in a very pretendy way. But Elizabeth Olsen in the same interview was asked about this, and she's like, yeah, there were, I thought he was going to be in the movie. There was concept art and everything. Granted, she's also said in previous interviews she was never on set with, like, John Krasinski or anything like that. So she probably didn't know he was not in the movie until she watched the movie at some point. So, wild. See, now I feel like I need to rewatch and be like, who's in the movie? Maybe they, <laughs> are you maybe in the movie? Are, maybe you're in the maybe, movie. Maybe we're in the movie. Oh, this could man. be a scene in the movie. Oh, could be. Everything. This is the madness is, part. Yeah. When I go upstairs to get lunch after this, that's my multiverse of madness, man. Mm, Multi-lunch of all, all these lunch meats arrayed before me, and every choice leads to a different path. Yeah.
All right. If you want to support this podcast and all the podcasts, we do patreon.com slash comic book club. Also, we do a live show every Tuesday night at 7 p.m. to Facebook and YouTube coming out. We would love to chat with you about the Marvel Universe, Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, or the app of your choice to subscribe, listen, and follow the show at Comic Book Live on Twitter at Marvel Vision Pod on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, comicbookclublive.com for this podcast and many more. Until next time, stay marvelous. I'm just getting word that Pew's Clues will continue filming despite the strike because it's non-union and non-existent. Ah. So great for them. Good for her. Mm-hmm.